afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first ever installment of Painting the Corners with Anton Schindler, brought to you by 90.5 KCSU. Now, this podcast is all about breaking down and discussing the weird and crazy baseball stories, stats, plays, and players that we've seen since the start of the MLB over 100 years ago. Today, I figured we would focus on arguably one of the most incredible Baltimore Orioles, one of the most incredible third basemen that the club and even the MLB has ever seen, Calvin Edwin Ripken Jr. Cal Ripken Jr. is a perfect start to this podcast because of the crazy feat that he was able to achieve. On September 6, 1995, Cal Ripken earned himself the name The Iron Man when he played in his 2,131st consecutive game in the MLB. His record was held before by none other than the Iron Horse, not to be confused with the Iron Man, the Iron Horse, Lou Gehrig, who played one game shy of Ripon's new record. The impressive record set by Gehrig stood for 56 years before anyone would beat it. So let's break this down a bit. Cal Ripken's consecutive game record started on May the 13th, 1982, just under a year after his MLB debut. This streak would not end for another 16 years. Cal Ripken was born in Havada Grace, about 12 hours northeast of Baltimore. After showing some impressive numbers out of his high school in Aberdeen, Maryland, the Baltimore Orioles decided to draft the young prospect in the second round of the 1978 MLB June Amateur Draft. Ripken jumped from rookie league to double-A in just about two years before making his MLB debut on August 10, 1981. This was also the day that the regular season resumed after that huge two-month player strike that I'm sure we'll talk about in a later episode. On this day, Ripken actually came in in the bottom of the 12th inning to be a pinch runner for Ken Singleton. It wasn't until John Lowenston came to the plate, who was also an outfielder for the Birds, uh, that would line a pitch down the right field line, and that would score Ripken for the walk-off. Then, just a few months later, Ripken would have his starting position on the Orioles, and that starting position he would keep for 20 seasons before retiring in 2001. So let's put this run even more into perspective. There have only been seven players in the long history of the MLB that have played over 1,000 consecutive games. There have only been two of those players that have made it above 2,000 games, both Lou Gehrig and Ripken, but there has only been one player that has made it above 2,500 consecutive games. Ripken's final total was 2,632 games. Now, that's quite a lot of numbers to digest, so let me say it a different way. Let's say that you wanted to break Ripken's record by playing a game of baseball every single day in a year. It would take you just over seven years to try and beat this record. That's craziness. However, 501 games after breaking Lou Gehrig's record, Ripken decided to finally sit out a game against the Yankees on September 20th, 1998. The most 
impressive part, at least to me, is that Ripken stayed in the MLB playing professional level baseball for these 20 or 21 seasons. And I mean, not only that, but he didn't just ride his way through his professional career doing, you know, just well enough to stay in the majors. No, he excelled every year that he played. He was the king of consistency. Ripken took home Rookie of the Year honors when he hit 264 with 93 RBIs and 28 home runs just a year before he would eventually lead World Series win against the Phillies in 1983. Ripken retired with even more impressive numbers, including a 276 career batting average with 431 home runs and 3,184 hits. This 3,184 hits was actually enough to put Ripken number 16 on the all-time list. He actually just got beat out by Albert Pujols just a few years ago. Not only that, but those 3,184 hits and other impressive hitting stats earned him eight silver sluggers throughout his career. Not to mention, Ripken was a pretty accomplished fielder as well. He carried a 966 fielding percentage, career-wise, and earned two golden gloves over his career. But these aren't even the craziest awards that Ripken racked up. Ripken is fourth on the all-time list for most All-Star Game appearances at 19. The only three in front of him are Hank Aaron with 21 seasons, Willie Mays and Sam Musial, who both had 20 seasons. But out of those 19 appearances, he was the All-Star Games MVP twice. So I was kind of talking a lot about how consistent Ripken was. I mean, spending 20 to 21 seasons in the MLB, you know, you have to have some sort of consistency. Well, I think the fact that he was so consistent and had such an impressive career, and then as well coupled with the fact that, I mean, he was unable to be stopped by injury and exhaustion, I mean, that earned him the title of the Iron Man, first off. That was enough to get him 98.5% of the votes, which put him into the MLB Hall of Fame in 2007. I'm bringing up Ripken now because, as recording this two days ago, on September 6th, 2020, marks the 25th anniversary of Ripken breaking the record. The celebration, I was paying a lot of attention to it because I knew that I wanted to record the first podcast on Ripken. And, I mean, it was impressive, to say the very least. There were a lot of legends from all eras of baseball, even current players, that were congratulating Ripken and whatnot. But I think the thing that was really impressive and amazing to me was that the Baltimore Orioles... The 2020 Baltimore Orioles actually swept the New York Yankees on the anniversary. You cannot tell me something more perfect than that. That's that's amazing. <laughs> so, what does it mean to be an Iron Man? I mean, it means that Ripken had to stay extremely healthy throughout his entire career. I mean, it's not nowadays too uncommon to see players get hurt and even get refused a spot in the lineup due to soreness or 
being too tight just kind of as a precaution. But it also means that Ripken had to really watch what he was doing outside of the field. You know, not just on the field, but also outside the field. I mean, do you guys remember when Trevor Bauer sliced his finger open because he was working on a drone that he made by himself and one of the propellers on the drone um, started spinning all of a sudden just kind of out of the blue and it ended up splitting his finger well because of that he was scratched from game two of the ALCS because his finger just started bleeding profusely and then he was put in for game three and was taken out after he threw two outs because he couldn't stop his finger from bleeding I mean, that just kind of puts it into perspective. There is a lot of stuff that could happen. I mean, just complete accidents. I mean, think about every time you've seen you know, clips of batters getting hit in the face with baseballs. You know, a wild pitch or something that finds, that finds the batter. And I mean, I know this is an extreme, and this hasn't really happened since or really so much before, but I mean, that one play a few years ago that virtually, I mean, it didn't quite ruin his career, but it definitely slowed down Buster Posey's career when he got absolutely trucked at home plate, you know, ended up breaking his femur and his collarbone and his wrist, and, you know, he never really was the same player after that. You know, just the chances that something like that could happen, and the fact that Ripken never encountered these injuries I mean, is absolutely incredible. But when I was doing research for this podcast, I did actually find um, one injury. I mean, he had a few injuries throughout his career that people were worried were going to kind of slow down his consecutive game record, that kind of thing, um, and even put it to an end. One of them being just a complete freak accident that in the AL All-Star game in 1996, when they were taking a team photo, one of the White Sox relievers at the time, Roberto Hernandez, actually lost his balance and hit Ripken in the nose with his left forearm. The injury ended up breaking his nose, but I mean, as Ripken always did, he just played through it like nothing ever happened. I mean, he just stayed cool about it the entire time. And when they were interviewed about the entire issue, Hernandez was just so relieved he wasn't the guy that ended Ripken's consecutive game record. Because, I mean, what a, fe- what a horrible feeling that would be. And he was also very relieved that he didn't hit Ripken with his elbow, because that, let's be honest, probably would have done a lot more damage. But I think Ripken did a good job of showing us that, you know, sometimes you just need to play things off. In that same interview, uh, Ripken said that, you know, he'll know if something is wrong. And, you know, if he swings and misses in the next game, it's a good excuse to go over, which is awesome. (laughs) He also said that he reserves the right to use it if he makes an error as well. But, I mean, all the same, you know, he just was confirming the media that he was, in fact, a quick healer and that he'd be completely fine for the next regular season game. You know, he was just that quick of a rebound and that excited to just play baseball. I mean, it really goes to show you the kind of person that Cal Ripken is. I mean, he never felt pressured and he never really went after the record with the determination to beat it. But he just loved the game, and he just loved to go out and play. So he would be doing it no matter what. 
and you can definitely argue too that it was quite a different time back when Cal Ripken played baseball. I mean, I'm not going to say that the trainers nowadays for ball clubs are too cautious, but I mean, at the end of the day, they have to protect an asset. I mean, let's say that you had a $6 million car that always broke down. And, you know, every time you wanted to drive it, you were just worried the entire time that it was just going to break, something new was going to break. Well, to keep it from breaking down, you have to do a lot of maintenance, you know, keep it maintained so that you don't have to worry about it breaking down every time you go and drive it. You know, things like oil changes, tire pressure, anyway. I think it's kind of the same with a baseball player and really just an athlete, a professional level athlete in general. I mean, clubs pay so much for these players, they would rather just fly on the side of caution, do this regular maintenance in time, just so that no injury occurs, which makes sense. But I think back when Ripken was playing, it wasn't so much of that as if the player is tough enough, they will, you know, go and play more. And that's kind of what Ripken did. And I was talking about how there was actually more than one injury that Ripken had um, right after he broke the record, actually. Uh, Ripken was playing baseball with a herniated disc in his back. And if you don't really know what that means, just know that it is incredibly painful. But, you know, Cal Ripken being Cal Ripken, he didn't complain. And he basically told himself, okay, I've been playing to want to be a winner, you know, this entire time. Like, we're really good, and I don't want to miss this playoff run. Because, I mean, at the time, they were ahead of the Yankees in that playoff run. But the Yankees were quickly making up ground. And uh, in one of the interviews that I read about the injury, Ripken was talking about his conversation with the doctor. And he asked the doctor if he would do any permanent damage if he just kept playing with the herniated disc. And the doctor said, well, no, but the pain's going to be too intense, so you won't be able to play through it. And Ripken just said, just what if I can? Would I do any permanent damage? No. So I played through it. And, you know, to him, it was very gratifying. And then he performed, and they pushed past the Yankees and ended up winning the division. According to Ripken, that was some of the hardest time period that he ever saw in his baseball career, was just six weeks of that herniated disc. I mean, that is incredible. One other thing that really showed off to me who Cal Ripken really was as a player was the fact that he understood that he couldn't play at 100% all the time. I mean, it's rare to see any baseball player that could play 100% all of the time. But he was willing to play his absolute best, even if it wasn't at 100%. Say it was at 90% or 80%. He was willing to put forth the effort to do that. And I think that that's something that could be admired by, well, baseball players and really just anyone. You know, even if you're not feeling quite that 100%, you still want to make it at least look like you're giving 110%. And that's exactly what he did. Ripken was an absolute marvel that will not be soon forgotten by the MLB world and, let's be honest, the history books. I mean, what he was able to achieve is something that I think won't happen again anytime soon just because of, you know, how cautious teams are being. It really does take a special kind of player. Can it happen again, though? I don't see why not. And 
honestly, I'll be excited to see who will be the next one to make a real run at his record. So on next week's broadcast, we'll be talking about slumps, and the longest slump ever recorded by a Major League Baseball player who, if you don't know, was by another Baltimore Oriole, Chris Davis. So we'll break down what it's like to be in a slump, and what it can mean for a player's career, and really just how mental the game of baseball really is. Thank you for listening.